You're listening to the Hillspring Church audio podcast. Hillspring exists so that all people can find and embrace a life of faith through Christ. For more information or to get involved, visit us on the web at hillspringchurch.org. Can you believe that this morning marks the beginning of the season of Advent? How many of you feel like it kind of snuck up on you this year? Okay. I mean, you know me, if you've been around for a number of years, you know that uh, out of all the families, we're probably the most eager to get into the Christmas season. We put up our tree really early, typically every year. Uh, this year, we put it up a few weeks later than normal. Uh, for some reason, you know, we just, it just didn't feel like it was the Christmas season yet. It didn't feel like that was upon us. And then this morning, it's like, wow, we're, we're starting the season of Advent and we're singing Christmas carols. Uh, but it's, it's a wonderful thing. Maybe because it's warmed up a little bit. I'm not sure, but it means that Christmas is almost here. Whenever we get to Advent, we realize that Christmas is almost here. And Advent's something that we've celebrated as a church since I think the beginning of when we planted the church here at Garth Webb about nine years ago. And if you're not familiar with Advent, Advent's the season in the traditional church calendar, which includes the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day, which Christmas Day begins another season called Christmas Tide, which is the official Christmas season. Uh, I know that we all feel like we're in Christmas, and it's obviously tied together. But if you're not familiar with Advent, that's what Advent is. And the whole point of Advent is really to put ourselves in a place of preparation and anticipation for the coming of Jesus. Now, both Jesus' first coming or nativity, which is what Christmas is all about, as well as his promised second coming when he'll return to restore our broken world. There's a good chance that you prepare for the festivities of Christmas by putting up a tree and lights and shopping and hosting, you know, maybe parties in your homes or gathering in your homes or baking. How many of you have started some of those things already? Any of you? Okay, so you're like me. Okay, there's a couple of hands out there, but a lot of you are kind of, you haven't really gone into that yet, but I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, you're going to get into some of those preparations. Well, similarly, Advent is, it's a way to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Christmas by intentionally reflecting on the spiritual blessings that God has given to the world through Christ. And traditionally, Advent is celebrated by the lighting of candles. Uh, maybe you grew up in perhaps a more orthodox church and you're familiar with, you know, like uh, an Advent wreath and, and there's a few different candles that one gets lit every year or every year. That takes a long time to go through Advent. Every week leading up to Christmas until you light the Christ candle, right? However, due to the fact that we can't light candles in the school and we discovered that, you know, early on, uh, we, we developed a new tradition called an Advent tree. And as you saw this morning, each week as our Advent reading is read, one of the themes of Advent will be placed upon the tree, okay, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And as you saw this morning, the first theme is hope. The first theme is hope. Hope is an absolutely incredible thing. And, and it's something that I don't think we actually think about too often and the impact that it has on our lives. I just want to put it out there for a second. How would you define hope? How would you define hope? Is there any takers out there? How would you define hope? Anticipation? Okay, good. How would you define hope? Light in the darkest moments. Great. Anticipation, light in the darkest moments. And in fact, those two concepts 
are, are, are an excellent, you know, they encompass this idea of hope that I'm going to talk about this, hope this morning. You know, to have hope is to live in conf- confident expectation or an anticipation of a positive future. And hope, as I said, is extremely powerful. In fact, I'd, I'd say that hope is absolutely essential for life. Because when we live with a confident expectation of a positive future, this is actually where we find the strength to persevere through dark times in the present, which is where this light in the darkness comes into play. Now, when we, when we live with a confident expectation of a positive future, that's where we find the strength to persevere through dark times in the present. Isn't that true? But how many, many of you have made it through a terrible week because you had a confident expectation that the weekend was coming? Don't be ashamed. Right? Have you ever had a terrible week and the only way you made it through is because you knew that that, that week wasn't going to last forever? That there was a confidence. You know that, that, that Saturday comes every week, right? And so you have confidence because you know that it's going to happen, right? That's the power of hope. It gives us the ability to persevere through challenging times. I've told you before as a church that, that typically winter is a challenging season for me. I don't recall it being challenging as a child, but maybe as the years go by, the cold just tends to wear on you and the darkness, the extended darkness tends to wear on you, right? And so it gets to me, but thankfully, I live in a part of the world where it's not winter year round. Any amens to that? All right. Thankfully, it's not winter year round. I, I know that springtime is coming followed by summer, which I love summer. And so it's that confident expectation of a positive future. So you know that something better lies ahead, not to knock winter for all you winter lovers out there, but we have this confident expectation that there's a positive future, uh, you know, past this cold, dark season. And it's that confident expectation of spring that actually helps me get through the cold, dark times of winter. That's hope. That is what hope does in our lives. To have hope is to live with a confident expectation of a positive future. And that's where we find the strength to persevere through dark times. Well, since the fall of humanity, people throughout history have found themselves in dark times. Not physical darkness as far as light and dark goes, but over and over again, God's people have found themselves facing dark times in life, dark moments in life, dark seasons, dark generations even in life. And when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, they were ejected from the Garden of Eden and they were forced to work the land for food and life was difficult. It was challenging. It was hard. The people of Israel longed for a king. Remember, if you're familiar with your Old Testament, they longed for a king and so they asked God for a king. But then when they got a king, they found themselves living under the rule of corrupt leadership and life was hard. The Hebrew people found themselves enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Life was certainly hard during that time. God's people were repeatedly trapped by their own sins, seemingly unable to stop sinning and then having to live with the consequences. So God would call them to devotion to to him and they would for a while, but then eventually they would drift away from God. They would rebel against God and they'd find themselves over and over again in captivity or enslaved to another nation. And so they lived at war with other nations. They suffered, suffered through sickness and famine. But despite how dark things became, God never left them alone. Despite how dark life became, despite even when they were going through darkness as a result of their own actions, God never left them alone. 
Rather, he continually gave them hope by promising a brighter future to those who put their faith in him. And amazingly, we have a record of one of the things that God said to his people to give them hope. Through the prophet Isaiah, God promised to provide a perfect leader or savior for his people to rescue them from darkness. And you may be familiar with this passage because it's often read during the Christmas season. So let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Give you a second to turn there. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 says this. It says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This was the positive picture of the future that God gave to his people when they were living in darkness. And so for centuries, before Christ, while living under Babylonian rule, the nation of Israel longed for this promised Messiah, uh, this picture that God had promised to them to come to fulfillment, for this promised Messiah or Savior to come and to save them. And it was this hope of a brighter future that gave them the strength to persevere through the darkest times in their lives. And so you can imagine after living for years and years under Babylonian captivity, you can imagine why the birth of Christ was such good news heralded by heavenly hosts of angels. That God had sent his son to forgive the sins of the world. This is great news that through Christ, all of your sins are forgiven. All of your sins are forgiven. You've been freed from your sin. There's nothing between you and God that, that God has reconciled you to himself because he's freed you from the bondage of sin through Christ's death and resurrection. And God calls you to turn to him and live in relationship with him because through Christ we have freedom. But here's the thing. Even though Jesus came to provide the forgiveness of sin, even though God's promised Messiah came and our sins have been forgiven, God is still waiting for the world to discover the truth of what he has done for the world and to turn to him before he comes back to make all things new, which means that while our relationship with God is, is restored, when we turn to him, we continue to live in a broken world that has rejected him, which means that we continue to struggle. We continue to struggle in this life. We continue to struggle through dark times. We continue to lose loved ones to death. We continue to suffer with sickness. We live in a world that is ravaged by war, right? We, we see poverty all around us, and many in our world live under the rule of corrupt leadership. We wrestle with the destructive effects of sin even in our own lives. And there are times where the weight or the, 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 the feeling of darkness in our lives can feel absolutely overwhelming when we come to terms with the fact that we struggle with sin in our lives and we just feel like we just can't seem to get a handle on it. Believers face persecution for their faith. We need to understand that no matter how dark our world may seem, 
And no matter how heavy the struggles that we carry around with us may feel, when our faith is in God, we're never without hope. When our faith is in Christ, we are never without hope because Jesus rose from the grave, overcoming sin and death. And so we know that Christ will return as he said he will to eliminate sin, to finally remove that that burden that we feel every day, to eliminate sin and death and restore our broken world once and for all. The Apostle Paul, he wrote about this hope to believers during the first century who were also struggling in life. They were living under Roman rule at this time. And he wrote to the church in Rome, people who were all too well about persecution, knew all too well persecution for following Christ. And this is what Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 15, verses 10 to 13 of the book of Romans. He said, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul was making a reference to the past prophecies of a, of a Savior that had been fulfilled in Christ, but also pointing to the promise that he would return, not only to rule the nations of Israel, but that through him all the nations would be blessed, which is who he's referring to when he mentioned the Gentiles. And what Paul was referring to Christians living in the first century who were undergoing persecution was this, that because of Christ, we have hope. Because of Christ, we live with a confident expectation of a positive future. In fact, not just a positive future, but we have the hope of a perfect future. Can you imagine that? That's actually what we we have as followers of Christ. We have the hope, a confident expectation of a perfect future. And this was so important for the people in the city of Rome because they were going, they were about to face extremely challenging times where many of them would end up giving up their lives as martyrs for Christ. And Paul needed them to understand that no matter how challenging their lives became, that as they put their faith in God, they would never be without hope. They would always have a positive future that lay ahead for them. And so similarly for us today, as people who wrestle with pain and with suffering, and while the Christmas season, as we move towards the Christmas season, is full of joy and so many great things, there are many of you who are reminded of the suffering in your life for people that you've lost. There are things that bring to mind the pain in your heart. The message for all of us this morning is that because of Christ, we have hope. That Jesus is the brighter future that gives us strength to persevere through the darkness. Because just as Jesus came before, we know that he's going to come again. And in the meantime, we need to keep our eyes on him and not get completely devastated by the circumstances in our lives. Because if we lose sight of Christ, we lose hope. If we lose sight of what God has for us ahead, it's easy to lose hope because all we have in our lives is the circumstances that we're going through in the present. And that is a shame. 
It's a shame to think about that all that you have is the struggles you're going through right now in the moment. But as a follower of Christ, that's not all that you have. You have so much more. If we lose hope, if we lose sight of Christ, we lose hope. And we lose hope, our strength fails and our lives become unbearable. And I won't get you to put up your hand, but that might be where you are at this morning, is that your life feels unbearable because you've lost sight of God's love and of God's salvation for you. So what darkness is impacting you the most this morning? A broken relationship? The loss of a loved one? A failing health? Maybe it's the state of the world. Maybe you've just become overwhelmed as you you read the news each day. You've just felt the weight of everything going on in our world. If you trust in God, if you turn to him in the midst of the darkness, you have hope. In Christ, there's a brighter future in store, no matter how dark things may get in this life. And you can look forward to his return. As, as a kid, I'll be honest, you know, I, I used to sit in church and I would, I would hear the, the elderly generation sing songs, you know, about the second coming of Christ. Anyone grow up in church, you know, hearing songs like, there's going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet, Something like that, by and by, is that something like that? Anyone remember those songs? You know, these songs that would celebrate the second coming of Christ, and I was just like, why? You know, like, I kind of want to just enjoy this life. I'm not really eager for that to happen. And not that I, you know, I still, there's so much to love about life. Uh, there, There really is. We still, there's so much beauty in this world. There's so many amazing things that God has blessed us with to enjoy. But there are times as you get older, right? You, you, you come more and more face-to-face with the reality of our broken world, right? The struggles in our broken world. And as you get older, and, and by no means am I wise, a wise old guy, but you start to appreciate and understand this longing for Christ to come and make things right. You realize that, guys, we're not going to fix our broken world. We're, we're the problem, Humanity is broken. We are broken people. We're not going to fix our broken world. And we need a perfect Savior to come and remove sin and death once and for all. And so as I get older, I, I catch myself longing for that at times. Because that's my hope. My hope is that God has something amazing in store for us. And so that's something we can look forward to. But not only that. This is the thing. We're not just people who only just kind of every day get up and like begrudgingly go, well, at least we have a brighter future in store for us. What's more is that we can actually look to God in the midst of our darkness and set our eyes on the light that God has shone into this world to guide our lives as a community. So that through our love for one another, And as God's spirit moves in our hearts and shapes our relationships with one another right here and now, we actually get a glimpse of the future that we hope for. Like, think about that, how amazing it is. That that as we set our sights on Christ, who's a glimpse of the perfect future, and we allow what God has shown us in Christ to change who we are here and now, we actually get a glimpse of the kingdom that we're headed to towards. Understand? And so that's our calling as, as people of faith is that while we know that we have this hope ahead of us to also let our lives be changed right here and now to experience a glimpse of the kingdom of God 
that he's made available to us. And as we demonstrate love for one another and get a taste of his perfect kingdom, this only confirms and encourages us about the kingdom that is coming in the future. Right? As we get a small sample, as, as, as someone loves you, as you experience the generosity of someone else, as someone serves you and you, you experience the love of God, you become more and more confident of what God has in store for you in the future because that is just a piece of the perfect community that God has planned for us as his followers. This is the power of hope in our lives. I'm going to ask you to stand with us as we close this morning. God, we thank you so much for what we are planning and preparing for. We're excited about the Christmas season and, and rally. This is, God, this was your proactive work to rescue us from this broken world. And there's so much joy and excitement that comes with celebrating your love and what is done. God, as we start this season, as we prepare for Christmas through the season of Advent, God, we also walk through the reality of life here on earth. And there are many here this morning, God, that are struggling. God, we, we, we acknowledge and we say to you, God, there are times that we, we are here on earth and we groan because there is pain in this world, God, and we need you to come and restore our broken world. But God, this isn't something that we need to convince you to do. You've already planned to do it all along. And you sent your son to reconcile us to you, God, but also to die and rise from the dead so that we can have confidence that one day, God, you will meet, remove sin and death from this world once and for all. God, that's where we place our hope. And so, God, for everyone who's struggling this morning, whatever that may be, I pray that this morning that they would just turn their eyes and their hearts to you in the midst of the darkness that they feel like they're wandering in, God. And that they would see you for who you are, God, and that they would be filled with hope, God, and that that hope would spring up in their hearts and strengthen them to persevere through whatever is going on, God. And then I pray that each of us, as we set our eyes on you, God, that we'd be changed by what we see in you, and that what we long for in the future, God, would even begin to become present and tangible in and amongst us, God. That this would become an, a community of encouragement, Lord. A place where we come to find strength as we love one another and give ourselves to each other, we pray. So fill us with your spirit, Lord, and accomplish your work in us, we pray. Everyone said,